to a stick and waited for this guy to come. And I jumped down on the hog's back and I started just going after him. He broke four of my ribs, gashed me, and uh, but tasted yeah. so good. Tasted yeah, okay. so good. That's what I'm saying. Well, you go through all that, man. You, you better have yeah, sharpened a stick. Anyway, so my boys came back and we had a nice feast, man. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the guy you're sitting next to. Uh, spent a lot of uh, spent a lot of time in war, and uh, yeah, now now I'm in war uh, for the supernatural. And it's beautiful. Uh, Amen. A, a, a vessel, man. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Today's a special day. Yeah, really special. It's really cool. You know, we, we've, we've talked about the recognition, you know, recognizing what's going on inside of us. It's not always perfect. And sometimes we want to just grab a hold of that, capture that thought, right? Second Corinthians 10, four, five says for the weapons of warfare, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that's kind of that recognition phase where you're like, hold on, this doesn't match up. My worldly thought is not, is not adding up to the Bible. Um, and so we want to be able to recognize these things and, and then look, turn them around to God. And we just want to look at it in the sense of changing your mind. So I, I recognize I'm doing something and now I'm changing my mind because I don't want to live that way. I really don't. Uh, first Peter one fourteen through 16 says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God chose you is holy for the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. We want to walk with God. We want things to be better. And we have someone with us today. Pastor James from Greater Grace World Outreach up in Baltimore, Maryland, where our home church is kind of offshot from. How did you guys meet? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we met in class. I seen a guy who was about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, <laughs> 350 pounds, <laughs> but a great man of God. And um, I was actually assisting teaching and I was there to take notes and to teach. And I seen Shay and we clicked ever since. So how did you get to Greater Grace? It was a man named Andy Stevens, who was Pastor Stevens' grandson. He worked at the same job. At the time, I was working at H.H. Gregg, and I really wanted to uh, go to Bible college. And I was talking to him, and he just said, have you checked out Greater Grace? And I said, I never even heard of this church before. And he said, they have a Bible college. You should check into it. And I went to the church, and um, I they had a decent Bible college. It was relatively cost efficient. And so I said, before I actually go to Bible college, let me check out a service. And they were speaking about grace and the finished work and about eternal security. And it resonated with me because I realized that if salvation isn't free, then I'm not getting in. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that kind of awesome. stuck with me. And so I started going to that church ever since and registered for Bible college. And the rest is uh, kind of history. That's awesome. There is a recovery to this because people don't always understand the depravity. They don't think they need to recover. There's some people out there too that are like, I'm good. I'm okay. I don't do all those things, you know, but we have to come to that understanding, you know, to recognize these things and then turn to God, right? Change our minds. And then we come into that recovery that the only way we will ever move forward in life is through this recovery through Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, I, I am pretty familiar with Recovery. Actually, the nonprofit organization where I am a program director, we deal with ex-convicts and recovering drug addicts. So recovering is something that resonates with me on a personal way, as well as something that I invest in other men and women and help them along in their recovery as well. I grew up in the inner city in West Baltimore, a broken family, which most families are actually broken. is not as taboo as it seems. And just grew up seeing a lot of drugs in the household, seeing different men come in and out selling drugs to my relatives. And I just grew up around these things. And I started to actually adopt those lifestyles as well, which led me to do those things. Started getting in a lot of trouble growing up, um, starting at the age of 15 or 16. My first <laughs> crime was stealing the car. That's a good way to start. Yeah, oh, that's a horrible way to start. No, but that's one way. <laughs> it was kind of wild right. because I'm like, you know, four foot nothing. And, you <laughs> Wait, know. Were you the driver? Yeah, I was the driver. Oh. I was the driver. And I mean, you know, we were bad at it too. We were horrible <laughs> criminals. And, uh, <laughs> and during wheel was like, you know, three inches above my head. And so, you know, we just driving around as like little kids and we ended up getting locked up. And from there, it's kind of been, it was just a downward spiral from there. And my recovery really started in the sense of humility. You know, mm. I was really broken, exhausted, all my resources. A lot of my friends, they left when I was in prison. Those who were closest to me, they were no longer around. And it was really just me and God. It was me and the word. And at the time, at that age, it was really difficult for me to read. Like I dropped out of ninth grade. But the first book I picked up was actually the Bible. And it was certain promises in the Bible that stuck with me that encouraged me while I was in prison. And one of the precious promises was God would never leave me nor forsake me. Mm. I like that because in the Greek is actually a double negative. It's like, no, never, no, never. There's no possibility wow. God will leave me. I was like, wow. So my friends left me. Some of my relatives left me, but God would never leave me. You know, and one, another promise was in Philippians chapter one, verse six. And it said, being confident of this one thing, that he who has begun a good work will complete it. Mm. And that resonated with me because I said, okay, like if God has done the work over 2000 years ago on the cross, and if he's currently doing the work and as he's going to complete the work, where does that leave me? It leaves me to rest in his faithfulness and God's ability. And that was my first exposure to the thought of like this finished work, like God has finished the work. And that's what actually got me in a mindset to want to leave that lifestyle alone, you know, and really walk with God and explore the things of God. And that was the beginning of my transition. So it started with brokenness and it started with understanding my depravity, like we heard earlier. Right. And then me receiving the love of God. And then from there, God really carried me in this life from, from there. You grow up thinking there's this finishing line. Okay. You've made it. You're an adult. Now you have things figured out. You've got answers. You've got, understanding and God shows you that day doesn't come in this lifetime. It's this continuous growing sanctification process where every day when you allow him to, he's chipping away. Do you recognize there's something he wants to chip away? Mm. Stop protecting it. Change your mind. It says in Psalm 147, three that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. 
So when we change our mind, we're actually breaking our heart in the same way God's is broken about what we have done. And he will bind up those wounds. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So our recovery in the world is get up, pick yourself up, go find your help, go get yours, go grow up. But with God, it's allow him to recover you. Mm. He has covered us with the blood. And sometimes when we're living in shame or in a sin that we don't want to necessarily leave or sin that we feel is kind of binding us up. It feels like we're uncovered. I'm exposing myself to all this pain of sin. Let him recover you with his grace. Yeah, the beautiful thing about our growth, we realize that it's God's responsibility. It's difficult for us to really measure our own personal growth. Am I growing? And usually when you're super introspective, you're like, right. and you know yourself, you know your own depravity, your it downfalls, you're like, man, I'm not growing at all. Right. So hypercritical. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Super critical. Super critical. But yeah, you're right. Salvation and sanctification is progressive. Right. And one of my favorite verses is in Proverbs. And it says, for the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter to the perfect day. Mm. It's like, in other words, like we are justified, like Christ saved us, right? Right. And like as time progresses, we're shining brighter and brighter and being more so conformed into the image of Christ. Which is a beautiful image. Mm. I mean, when, when, when I think about it, you know, people like to destroy that word of God sometimes that, that, that don't necessarily believe in it. But when I read it, I really want to imitate Christ because with that imitation comes the love that we need to have for people. The respect, I mean, that list could carry forever. The hope, the joy, it's like it's the building. It's what lifts us up. It's what keeps us going forward. Luke 9, 6, 62 says, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. I remember growing up on the farm. And let me tell you something. You, you would have to drive where you would look back, but you didn't want to look back too much. Because the more you look back, you take out a row of beans. So basically you're driving these big <laughs> plows and you got these rows that you got to drive between. Because you're taking out weeds. It's kind of like a weeding process. That's kind of, that's kind of here comes that thought in the middle <laughs> right. of a thought, right? Oh, it's like you're, you're weeding out the beans, but you want to make sure you're keeping that tractor straight. Because if you're not keeping that tractor straight, you end up taking out a whole row and then your uncle beat you. <laughs> but no, that's that, that's that idea of, of, and you know, Paul said it a lot. He always said, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes looking forward. I think the more we look back, the more we trip up. And so as I, I know I'm hypercritical. That's why I think I brought that up because when I look at myself, <laughs> overly look at myself, I start drifting away from who God says I am. And I start living in who I'm no longer. You sit there and you're like, I got to stop doing that because that's not who I am anymore. I actually have a, um, a acronym as well. Ooh, I know yeah. you have, oh, yeah. you know, it's actually car. That's C-A-R. Like it. It's confess. Actually, like I confess my sin before God, um, then it's affirm. Okay. So I actually affirm what God says about me mm-hmm. by his word. I'm reminded again about my identity. Mm-hmm. I'm complete nice. in Christ. Yeah. There's no condemnation. Like I rehearse these things in my mind because now I'm in a recovery phase. But then I request like, Lord, do according to your word. You know, like, Lord, you gave us these promises fulfill these promises. Like actually challenge God and be brutally honest mm-hmm. in your walk with God. Ooh, yeah. I like it. You know, I like that. Yeah. Dave, David is an interesting guy because 
He said, like, my soul melts with heaviness in Psalm 119. Mm. But then he said, quicken me or strengthen me mm. according to your word. He said, my soul cleaves to the dust. Quicken me according to your word. David said, like, my soul longs to be enlarged from the spiritual prison, you know. Like, David was just brutally honest about his depravity, right. his weaknesses, his downfalls. And really, if we ever want to grow... We have to be transparent with God because that actually cultivates the intimacy that we need with God. It's the same thing with any relationships. If you're not transparent and not open, you're not going to be able to grow in that relationship. Mm. You know, and that's the part of the recovery phase is transparency is another huge one. Right, right. I like that. I yeah. Like that. A few weeks ago, we were talking about the many sides of pride and we kind of defined pride as having your self-image be based on what you think about yourself, whether it's high or low, but it's incorrect. And humility isn't thinking you're nothing, but believing that you are what God says you are, that that fits in perfect as recovery is coming back to that moment, affirming the words that God has said about you and affirming who he is to you. And then when you were talking about how sometimes you don't see your own growth when you're in this recovery, you feel like you're always having to do the three R's or car. You're always doing, Oh, how many more times? When will I grow past this? Which first spoiler, you don't grow past it in this life. Like that is, <laughs> that's the cycle we're always going to do, right? Yeah. Caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly on repeat <laughs> all the time. But it reminds me of, we planted these lilies, these calla lilies, and it got me thinking because I think God loves to reveal in plant life a lot about his relationship with us. It says they may or may not survive in our zone, but we plan them anyway. We're like, they'll at least look pretty this year. We'll see how they do. They were in full bloom. And then Shay hired some guys to come trim the trees. All of a sudden, I watch as a tree limb just slams in to the calla lily. And I just sit there. I'm like, grace, 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 grace. Right. <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. But anyway. So winter comes this year, they come back twice as big with no warning, went from absolutely nothing to one day, just huge, beautiful. huge, big sprout. They've got so many strong stems for these beautiful flowers. And it makes me think of us in the sense of we can sit there and, and everyone else might say, you know, we don't know if they're going to make it in this walk. You know, we don't know if they're really for this or if they're just, you know, in the rocky soil, but yet. In the season that looks like we have nothing, underground, the roots are growing. And then when the time comes, we just push back up through and bloom. Yeah. In Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up mm. in him, and established in the faith. They all manifest in different ways. Established means it's been there a while. Rooted means... Roots. How's the root system built up is, okay, how's the visual? There's all these different ways you can be growing, but they're not always visual and they're not always immediate on the surface as they are below. But I mean, Jesus was in the, was in the grave for three days and some people thought it was over. And then what happened? So. And one day is a thousand. So. Right. <laughs> right. He can make it go crazy. So that three days might be some time for some people or it might be shorter for others. It all depends. <laughs> I like that though. I like that brutally, you know, like, like just honest, that yeah. brutally honest. And then you, when you look at it from what Michelle said, it's like brutally honest, but who do we have? You know, it's like yeah. the, tr the tree falls. 
brutally honest. They wrecked it, yo. <laughs> and, and watch this. Husband always has to hear it. It's like, <laughs> I can't believe that. Did you, did you see? Do something. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I, I going to do? <laughs> These dudes are like 90 feet up in the air cutting a tree. But I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Trusting though. But in that being brutally honest, even with yourself, right? Especially with yourself. Know that there's hope. Mm. Like, don't just be brutally honest and, and think like you're, you have nothing. No, that's where that, that beautiful trust in the Lord comes from. We're in that constant motion of growth. Sanctification is like my favorite word. I mean, it's a, honestly, y'all, that's a greater grace word because we love <laughs> sanctification. I think we talk about that a lot, but it's because it's important to understand we've been sanctified, but then, you know, that's, that's the positional. And then you get into that experiential where he's just constantly peeling the onions back. But why is he peeling the onions back? And why are you just, you cry sometimes onions, you know, everybody knows onions, right? <laughs> but like you cry sometimes, but then, but then you get through it and it's like, you're better because he's taking things away from you. It's cool. And it is a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool feeling being able to learn that experiential sanctification. Cause you know, one day we'll be glorified, but until then we got to do it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, I like what you said better, like, cause Christ is better. Actually, if you look in the book of Hebrews, you see that word over and over again. Like he's better than the angels, better than the prophets, a better Testament, just better, 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 better. And in reality, it's like in comparison to the life we used to live, in comparison to what's out there, right? Christ is genuinely better. Amen. Yeah. Better and better and better. Like grace, how does that go? Grace, grace abounds. abounds. Yeah, grace abounds and abounds and abounds, which, which tells me one thing. He's on my side. I'm telling you, th these three R's are the hardest thing for people to take on. Car is probably just as hard. Mm -hmm. Do you ever hear people just quote car? Yeah, okay, my guys, the, yeah, my guys okay. at the house, right, right, right. Court, you know, no, and and they got the three R's uh -huh. because they understand this this process of healing. I tell the three R's to some people, and they're like, "Okay," because you have to recognize it first. If you don't think you have a problem, then you'll never see the problem. But if you sit there and say, "I have a problem," now it's like, "Okay, what do I do with this problem?" And you know, you could run to anything. I did. I ran to all kinds of things in my worldly life. But in, in my, in my Christ centric life, man, I run to Jesus. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't want to be like this. And he brings me into this recovery. And then, and that's, that's where he wants us to be. He wants us to be in hope. He wants us to be in joy. He doesn't want us to, to, to always be moping around. Like, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm going to be a little brutal. I always am. Moping Christians. Stop. <laughs> I'm being very point blank right now. And, and if you mope around as a Christian, just stop. Find the joy that Christ gives you. <laughs> Depending on how long you were in the world, you have different foundations. You have root systems in who you are that are very influential, but they need to be uprooted. They are things that want you to be perpetually the victim. They want you in that victim mentality. They want you to think, no, it's not just your right to feel this way. It's your right to stay this way. Mm. This idea of getting up and moving on can almost be seen as callous. Like no matter how long it's been, it's still too soon to say recover. Physically, not necessarily, but in the mental ways, in the emotional ways, in the spiritual ways, saying recover and work to get better. It always falls on somebody else or some system or some physical thing. And so what does that do? Well, the reason that that is anti-Christ is because 
It's the opposite of what God has us doing. God doesn't want us to rely on the world to fix us. And he doesn't want us to cling to our pain. He wants us to rely on him and cling to him because he's the answer to all of it. He'll show you what's wrong, help you deal with it. He's not the God that points out what's wrong and says, now it's your job to fix it. And then I'll talk to you. He says, no, come to me. I'll fix you. I'm your potter. Mm, yeah. I forget the, the term and I'm, I don't have time to Google it, but <laughs> <laughs> but the pots, the Japanese pottery with the cracks and they fill it with gold. There's a reason that keeps getting used in the Christian circles when it talks about healing, because he's not just filling in the cracks with something less than or whatever he has lying around. He's filling it with something better than what you were made out of because He's putting in you something eternal. He's putting an eternal fix in a mortal body. The fix is going to outlast the body he's fixing. And that's what he wants us to focus on. With every fix, with every recovery, we're getting more and more like Christ. That's the encouragement. It's not why do I have to keep coming back to recovery, which means I failed at something or something hurt me. But yes, one step closer, one more broken thing fixed. Because sometimes it's not the immediate thing that we think needs recovery. It's something much deeper. And the thing we think needs fixing, it's just a symptom. And then when you end up going to God, you realize, God, please, you know, here's, here's the things that I know are wrong with me based on all the things I found out in the world. And he's like, I'm sorry, but that's not what's wrong with you. It's deeper than that. We're going to have to go much deeper before Ooh, you're going to see yeah. a solution to any of these things. You want these snatched up right now. You're going to have to live with those until you surrender this deeper thing to me. It's like people, you sit there and you say, they, I say, what's wrong? They're like, I'm angry. There has to be a deeper feeling. Like, you know, pain leads to hurt, leads to sadness, leads to um, betrayal, leads to. And so what you're saying is he's getting to the deeper roots. He's like, no, 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 no. Stop looking at the anger. Let's look at the heart. Let's, let's, what, what, what is in here that's, that's going that we need to work on? Yeah. Anger is, um, it's a secondary emotion. Right. Usually rooted in bitterness could be a measure of, of anxiety. And you're right. In the world, in psychology, they just take care of the symptoms, but there's really no real remedy. You speak about your issues, you, you vent all your troubles and really, I mean, that helps out to an extent, but really is just like you're being reminded once again about the hurt, about the pain. Like it was one, it was one gentleman who I, who I work with. He went to his, his psychologist and she kind of opened up Pandora's box, like, and he vented all his issues and he came home, isolated himself in his room and didn't leave for a day or two. We had Bible study and I kind of touched on psychology a bit and just spoke about the same issue, how they just touched the surface, but they don't hit the roots of the issue. And he came to me late on that day. He said, thank you so much for that encouragement. I was going through a lot of those psychological things that you were referring to. And I was molested from the age of eight all the way to the age of 12. He was real broken about those things. Right. But it's like only the gospel can touch the root of the issue. So then when you, what does Pastor James say about running the race? Really just our receptivity to the things of God. Mm. I don't look at it necessarily as just do, 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 do. 
I got to do, do a bunch of things, but I look at it as it being done. You know, Christ has done it. And because I don't have to fight from victory, I actually lead from a place of victory. Like I'm already victorious. I don't have to fight to be victorious. Right. Just stand connected to his words, stand connected to prayer, stand connected to the people of God. Um, and just a part of the simplicity of God's channel organization, really. And what he ordained, because it's, it's easy just to say, work out your own recovery. And we get that a lot in these AA and NA rooms. You have to stand up and say, my name is James. I'm an alcoholic. Like, this is what you have to reference yourself as. But Christ has a different identity for you. He says, no, you're not an alcoholic. You're Born again, you're a child, you've been redeemed, you've been bought with a price. It's just a completely different frame of reference, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Because, I mean, Paul even says, he says, stop looking at what's behind you and start looking ahead. AA, psychology, you're right. They sit you down and all they ask, they, they, they dig up what's wrong with you. 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 And then they're like, so how do you want to go about fixing it? And I know from my own experience, I would look at them and I got fired, by the way. My, my psychiatrist <laughs> fired me, just FYI, because I didn't buy into it. I, I sat there in that chair wondering, how am I going to fix myself? And I'm sitting in front of you needing answers. And until I found Christ to be the answer, I never found an answer. And once I found Christ to be the answer, victory. I'm talking victory. I can sing a song, victory in Jesus, my savior, right? I'm telling you, life got better. I like that better. Life got, because, you know, we want to say, oh, life is the best. And then you over pump it and then you're like, well, it's better. <laughs> but no, life got better because I felt so much. And I know, you know, you, we, we've talked. I mean, we've felt so much in our past life. It was like, how would I ever recover? But man, the minute Jesus came in, it was like, Wow, light bulb shines. Even like Michelle was saying, you know, the other day, if her path is kind of squiggly, right? It just brings you back to a tighter squiggle. That's all. There was a man named David and he had the biggest breakdown in his personal life. Actually, some of the closest men in his life wanted to kill him and wanted to stone him. It was something called a battle of Ziklag. And in this battle, the Amalekites raided and kidnapped all of the mighty men's children, as well as their wives. And so David came back to Ziklag and found that everybody was gone. He was completely broken. And it said that they cried till they couldn't cry no more. Mm. One of the worst times in David's life. And he actually said that he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. And that's interesting because in the Hebrew, it actually means that he went and held on to God and wouldn't let God go. Regardless of the situation, he didn't try to explain himself. He didn't try to react and just go ahead and do something and just go to the Amalekites. No, he went to God and he was just brutally honest before God. And you know what God told him? He said, you will surely recover all. Mm. You will surely recover all. And David said, what should I do? And God told him exactly what to do. And David recovered all. They defeated the Amalekites as well as they retrieved back their families. And um, and the promise of God was made sure. Wow. 
And so when it comes to recovery, it's really us going to God and holding on to God and don't let him go. And by virtue of you doing that, you'll you'll recover all. Mm. Amen. That's that's awesome. And we want to thank you for being here and helping encourage people today. Absolutely. So for everybody out there listening, thank you for joining us once again. We want to pray with you as always. So send us a prayer request. Send us your questions, your comments on thepantrypodcast.com or at the Pantry Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. And do you want to quickly shout out your YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, my YouTube channel is James Bryson. And you can go and check check it out. I usually try to drop two or three videos a month. Yeah. 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 Awesome. We'll go ahead and add that link in the show notes for this episode as well so that you can check out more from Pastor James. Yeah. Awesome. Till next time. Bye. Bye.